0: Uh, thank you, Heidi and Ruth. Love scripture songs. Always love those. And I'm very thankful that John has done such an excellent job over these last several months. Happy Father's Day, everyone. Uh, today is uh, uh, it's kind of a special day for fathers, and it's not a bad day at all. It's a day set aside pretty well all over the world to honor dads. And uh, I want to show you uh, that God has some pretty amazing ways how we can honor our dad. As a matter of fact, they are the best ways. So um, uh, it is not only a great thing to honor our, our fathers, it is the right thing. So let me just talk to you about why, okay? And there are three basic reasons why we need to honor our fathers. Number one, I want you to take your Bible and turn to Exodus chapter 12. We're going to be spending our time in Proverbs in just a few moments. But we'll start in Exodus chapter twelve, where the where the commandment is given. Exodus chapter twelve, and the first reason why we're supposed to honor our dads, our fathers. You say, "Well, I have a uh, a dad. I have a. Uh, it's hard honoring my dad. I understand that. There are plenty of us that understand that. Okay. But I'm just going to tell you what the Bible says. Okay, because we're Bible believers, and the Bible says in Exodus chapter twelve and verse. I'm sorry, Exodus chapter 20 in verse 12. It says, honor, and this is not just for children. It's for all ages. If your dad is alive, the Bible says, honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Now, we don't do it because our culture says to do it. Now, I'm glad there's a day set aside for fathers to be honored, and that's good. But we, we don't wait for our culture to designate uh, June 21st, or 20th, uh, to so that we tell our dads that we love and appreciate them. We do it because God says do it. And honoring fathers, let me make sure you understand this, honoring fathers is not a one-day event. I'm sure every dad across the country loves, you know, getting ties and uh, having breakfast fixed for them and being hugged but it's not a one-off event. It's supposed to be a lifelong event. This is a commandment of what we're to be doing constantly. Now we do it because God said do it. Um, No matter if your father is saved or lost, doesn't matter if your father is at home or he's away, doesn't matter if he's young or old, good or bad, God says to honor your father. And if God commands it, That means it's for our good. You see, sometimes we have the wrong view of God's commandments. We think God's commandments are just rules. But no, God's commandments come with benefits. They're for our safety. They're for our own good. Uh, Not just for our dad's benefit. Uh, Let me just quote to you Ephesians chapter 6. and verse 2, it says, Children, honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment, with promise, that it may be well with thee that it go good for you, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. You know what the benefit of just honoring your dad is? A good, long life. The second reason why we should honor our fathers is simply because we all want to be doers of God's word, don't we? I mean, that's, that's our goal. I mean, our memory verse this whole year is James 1.21, be doers of the word and not hearers only. So if God says do it, therefore we do it. And notice the benefit there at the end of verse 12, it says that thy days may be long and not short, may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Lastly, there's a third reason why we honor our fathers is because fathers are vitally important and necessary to have a strong, whole and lasting family. You do realize that every one of us had a father, okay? Unfortunately, there's coming a day where if Jesus tarries the second coming, where children won't have a dad, and maybe not even a mother. And as, as, as amazing as science is, that ought to terrify us, that they're moving away from parents. Someone concluded this great truth, and I, 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 I like it. It says, the difference between a man and a father is this, that a man only shares his genes with his children, but a father shares his life. Fathers are important. dads are specially designed by God, And and dads are given to every one of us for an irreplaceable purpose. They are not disposable. Dads are not unimportant. They're not the butt of jokes. They are like the cogs of a machine. And if you take that main cog of a father out of a home, the machine breaks down. Now, the machine may be able to operate and hobble along there for a while, but it wasn't designed to operate that way. Uh, now I'm talking about good and, and godly fathers. Okay, uh, I, I know that there are some bad fathers and they make more problems than 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 they should. But let's talk about dads for a minute who want who want to be godly fathers and who want who know their role and they're not just deadbeat dads or couch potato heads. Um, they are they are fathers who want to be home. Now, it it, it comes to a question that, that a lot of people ask, and especially the more modern we get, the more people ask this question, are fathers really necessary? Well, I read a New York Times article where there was a discussion between five intellectual people. You know, they call themselves intellectuals. That's really impressive, okay? And they asked, what are fathers for? And one of the writers named Hannah Rosen said, I'm not sure a child actually needs a father. Do you get that? I'm not sure. This is an intellectual. This is someone who's well read and well educated. I'm not sure a child actually needs a father. Now, you know, more and more people actually believe dads are disposable and even replaceable. Uh, listen, moms have been replaced by little by little uh, iPads, and that's a shame. Okay, that child is more has spends more time in front of media than they do instead of in front of mom and in front of dad. And instead of sitting in front of blocks and toys and, and dirt and, and uh, trees. Uh, now, when somebody says, I'm not sure a child needs a father, it's like saying, I'm not sure you need water or air to live. Modern day thinkers have concluded that the home works well no matter who's there. Whether they're two daddies or two mommies, whether the children even have all the same mommy or daddy, what have we come to? We should not need a major university study to tell us that having a father and being a father is vitally important not only to children but all of society. Every one of us know this to be true already, and God told us in his word that it is true. Now, I read another article and, and uh, uh, about fathers this past week, and listen listened to a moment uh, for a moment to what a man named Dennis Prager said about fathers, and it's short and it's intense, so so. Stay with me for just a moment, okay? This is what he said. Did you know that boys do not have any built-in understanding about how to be a man? Especially how to be a good and responsible man. Male nature is wild, especially regarding sex and violence. He goes on, he says, if a boy does not have a father who shows how to control himself, he will most likely not know how to control himself, let alone want to control himself. That's why most males in prison for violent crimes grew up, get it, without a father. A woman named Christina O'Donne wrote a column for the London Telegraph back in 2011 after a series of riots over there in London. And the facts are, she said, the majority of rioters are gang members. Like the overwhelming majority of youth offenders behind bars, these gang members have one thing in common They have no father at home, no father restraining them. Dennis Prager continues, he says, there is no question that many mothers have done an excellent job of raising a boy without their son's father. But common sense also suggests that a mother simply cannot model what a boy should be any more than a man can model to a girl what a woman should be. And then there's the issue of controlling boys and their wild natures. There are some mothers who can do this But if a boy is at all difficult, as so many are, um, most mothers will find it more and more difficult to control their sons as they grow up. Why? Because unruly boys listen to their fathers much more than they listen to their mothers, which is precisely why most violent criminals grew up in fatherless homes. They obviously did not listen to their mothers. Do we blame the mothers? No. As far as daughters are concerned, the father is the man that girls learn to relate to. Without a father to relate to and bond with, there are at least two destructive consequences in their lives. Number one, she will not know how to choose a man wisely. She will not know how a man should treat her and she may well end up with a man who mistreats her. And number two, To fulfill her desire to bond with a man, she will go from man to man and then end up either alone or stuck in an abusive relationship until she gives up on relationships completely. Dennis Prager continues, girls without fathers in their lives are far more likely to be sexually promiscuous and to begin sexual activity at an earlier age, which in turn are reasons why many women are depressed. Few women find sleeping with men Man after man fulfilling, most find it ultimately depressing. Do you know fathers give both sons and daughters the thing that children need most, a sense of safety and security. As much as children need love, they need a sense of security more. In general, moms give love and dads give security. Now, thankfully, many men fill the role, can fill the role of a father figure in a child's life, grandfathers do it uncles do it teachers and pastors do it but some man needs to be their father isn't that the truth so don't imagine for a second dad that you are unimportant to your home that you're that that you're important that you're unimportant to their sanity and to society no matter if the world mocks you and makes fun of you in every tv program You must realize you are vital to society society and your home stability. So quit accepting all the world's reasons for dishonoring our fathers, and making jokes out of them, no matter how flawed they may be. Our fathers are important. Now, what if your father is not around? Maybe he left, like my father did when I was 12. Maybe he's already passed away, or maybe he's just a mess. God says, honor him anyway. Did you hear what I said? God says, honor your fathers. It doesn't say honor the good fathers. Those are easy to honor. Honor your fathers. <clears throat> um, I know it's Father's Day, and that sometimes is painful for some people. So how do you remember your dad? Do you remember him as someone who was mean or angry or not there or abusive? Or maybe he was there physically, but not emotionally. Maybe he was severely flawed. Or maybe he was a rare kind of a dad. Maybe he was someone who actually stayed with mom and loved her and his children enough to make a difference in their life like he was supposed to. Maybe he stayed and he was the dad he was supposed to be. He would do you, now, no matter what he is, if he's alive, It would do both you and your dad a world of good to go ahead and honor him anyways, no matter what kind of dad you have. Why do I say that? Because God promises to bless and honor you when you bless and honor him. Dads don't need cards. They don't need flowers. They don't need gifts. Moms deserve all that on Mother's Day, but dads don't need that. They need to be honored. That means they need to be valued and esteemed, admired, given due credit and respected like the Bible says to do. And not just on Father's Day, by the way but all through our lives. How do we do that? Especially when we have so many issues with our parents, okay? So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to look through the book of Proverbs, just scan through the pages of this book, and we're going to find in these 31 chapters the words of a father, King Solomon, as he writes to his son, Rehoboam. And these are inspired words by God for all God's children, how to honor our fathers, no matter what he's done or not done, no matter how big a failure or success he may be. By the way, dads, let me be real clear. Most of my preaching is directed at you and is focused on making dads worthy of honor. That's why I preach. I preach mainly to men and I preach to get you up to the standard. And I try to get men to live up to our design. But right now I'm going to talk to your children. I'm going to talk to all of us in relationship to the respect and the honor that we should be giving to our father, to our parents, our dads, let me put it that way. Let's pray. Father, as we start this message, please help me be a blessing and encouragement. And I pray that we'd set aside all our preconceived uh, notions and our feelings and everything and just listen to your word and let it become something that we just go ahead and do because we do it by faith. We do it uh, not because it's easier, because it's hard, but because it's right. So bless your, your message to your word. Uh, Lord, out of all the fathers throughout history, there's not been one perfect one. Every single parent, every single father has failed except you. You are a perfect father. And if we need a father, when our fathers have failed, we have you. And our, our even our Lord Jesus has taught us to honor you with our lives and with 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 our surrender to your ways. So Lord, if you say it, we wanna do it. So help us this morning in Jesus name, amen. Okay, let's quickly go to uh, Proverbs 13. And I wanna start with how to honor your dad. Proverbs is I, I, you know, I thought of all kinds of different ways we would start this thing. And um, actually I say Proverbs 13. I want you to actually go to Proverbs chapter one and verse eight. And we'll, we'll go there instead of 13.1. We'll end up at 13.1. But Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 8. And the first thing that, that Solomon says to his son, if you want to honor dad, he says, listen to dad. Listen to him. Look at 1.8. Bible says this, my son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. Now, that's good advice. Now, when he says here, he means he's saying here with both ears. Consider whatever your father is saying, no matter how old he may be. You know, the older my dad got, the older anybody in my family got, the more interested I was in hearing what they had to say because the more wisdom they had and the more I learned. Now, it may have also been me being older and older because I valued what they said, but I learned to listen. Allow your dad to teach you better ways to think and feel than what your friends are saying, and especially how your heart may be feeling. Flawed as they may be, your father is usually older and wiser than you are, usually. (laughs) He knows some things. Your dad has been through what you're going through. Maybe it's a different time, maybe a different culture, but he knows some things about what you're going through, and dads really want to help. It's in us. We want to help, okay? We all started as listeners and as children. Then we started being influenced by the TV and media and friends. And God says, set that aside and start listening to dad again. Now, listening doesn't mean always agreeing with him, but always considering what he says. I mean, you're going to have to grow up and think for yourself and, and analyze and learn. But wow, I don't care. I'm 58 years old. I wish my dad was alive because I need him. There are questions I wish I could ask him still and I could listen to him because he's got some wisdom. Huh? He's, he, he never got saved, but he was my dad and I need to listen to him. Go to Proverbs chapter four, Proverbs four in verse one. Hear ye children the instruction of a father and attend to know, my, to know understanding for I give you good doctrine. Forsake ye not my law for I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. Huh. He says, I was a son once being taught by my dad. He taught me also and said unto me, let thy heart retain my words and keep my commandments and live. Now go to Proverbs 13.1. Proverbs 13.1. The conclusion is this. Proverbs 13.1 says, A wise son heareth his father's instruction. When your dad starts trying to tell you something, teach you something, interject into your life and say something about what you're doing or what you need to be doing, a wise son will hear it. But a scorner, that's a mocker, that's, a, that's an arguer, heareth not rebuke. Don't want to hear somebody tell you uh, anything other than what you want to listen to. Did you know listening, just listening to your dad just... Shutting your mouth and listening and let him speak honors him more than you can know. And you'll never know it until you're a dad. No matter how old or how young you are, make time to just sit and listen to your dad teach you something he knows. And not just about how to barbecue, okay? But let him tell you about life. Uh, It benefits you. We already read that, that that thy years may be long on the earth. Second thing. Allow, correction. Proverbs 3 now. Go back to Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 11. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 11. You know, I'm going to go back to that statement for a minute. A lot of kids, they may be home, but they're not there. Their hearts has been stolen by, the, by Instagram and Facebook and Snapchat and everything else. They're not there. And when dad speaks, it's wah, 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 wah. Don't fall into that trap over and over. You ought to read the book of Proverbs. It warns over and over and over about ignoring your parents. I'll tell you how serious this is in a moment. Uh, Proverbs chapter three, verse 11. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord. Now he starts with God chastening us, correcting us. Neither be weary of his correction. Never get tired of it. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth. Now you know that. You know that if God's working on you and correcting you, and, and pulling you back. He's doing it because he loves you, but he loves you even as a father, the son in whom he delighted. He compares it to a father-son relationship when a father has to correct his son and he does it because he loves him. That's what a parent does. Now, being a, being a dad doesn't mean you're your bestie, that he's your bestie, okay? I mean is your best friend. it means he has to say the hard things to you and deal with the hard issues in your life. and that's not easy for any of us. to allow someone to correct us when we're doing wrong is none is unpleasant. Your dad needs to correct you when you are wrong when you have a bad attitude, when you're not doing right, when you're loud, when you've done wrong, your dad needs to correct you. that's his job. You say my dad's job is to put money. Uh, in the bank and food on the table. No, that is secondary. His main job is to be a corrector, a guide. The modern day, word is coach. That's your dad. He's training you. He's nurturing you and admi- admonici- ad- admonishing <laughs> admonishing, you up to maturity. Um, so, The truth is a dad will correct his her son out of love. Now, he may overdo it. He may do it wrong. But you need to allow him to correct you. When your dad just lets you go and do what you want, he's proven that he only loves himself and he loves his life and he loves his peace and quiet and he doesn't care about what you're doing. And that's not a dad that loves you. Young man, young lady, one day you'll be on your own and you'll have to face the consequences for all your decisions. But until then, until that day, you need to let your dad tell you when you're wrong and help you get back to doing things right. Go to Proverbs 15 and verse 5. Proverbs 15 and verse 5. Again, this is Solomon. A fool despises his father's instructions. Are you saved or are you a fool? A fool would despise his father's instruction. Notice that. Now, I wouldn't dare despise God's instruction. I mean, God is right 100% of the time. But God says a foolish son, an unbelieving, an ungodly child despises his father's attempt to instruct them. But he that regardeth reproof, to regard means to respect and to receive reproof, is prudent, is careful, is a thoughtful person. So um, do you want to be a grief to your dad? I mean, it's Father's Day. I mean, I'm sure you're trying to make him feel loved and all stuff like that. But during the rest of the year, how does he feel about you? Does he worry? Is he grieved? Do you fight with him and argue with him and yell and resist his attempts to correct you? Your home's filled with grief, then I guarantee you. But if you'll allow your father to be your father, your guide, your corrector, you will mature as you honor him and his correction will keep you safe. Proverbs 6.23, back to a few more pages, Proverbs 6.23. Proverbs 6.23 says this, for the commandment is a lamp in this dark world and the law is a light and reproofs of instruction. That's when instructions are trying to tell us we're wrong and how to get right. Reproofs or instruction are the way of life. They're the way that you live as a Christian. So two things we've learned already about honoring dad is first, listen to your dad. You you may not he, he may not all of a sudden tell, um, you know, and react to you honoring him when you just sit there, and and he starts showing. Maybe he's showing how to fix a lawnmower. Maybe he's showing how to change the oil of the car. Maybe he's sh- trying to show you how to uh, pay your bills. Maybe he's trying to show you how to talk to your mother. Maybe he's showing all kinds of things and you just stop and you listen and you're attentive and you're careful enough to say, I'm listening, Dad, that that will blow him away. All of a sudden, he'll feel honored. The second thing, allow him to correct you. Don't fight him, don't argue with him. He Again, I'll say it again, he may be over the top, but if he's right, he's right. Third, allow God's sovereign choice. What do I mean by that? Go back to Proverbs 4. I don't know if you noticed this verse, but it just jumped out at me as I looked through these pages. I actually just listed all the verses talking about father and 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 listening and uh, all the things that we're we're looking at here. And son, I just saw this. I thought, "Wow, isn't this amazing?" Because I know this thing to be true. Here, look at this. Uh, I may be. I know it may be hard for some of you, but you need to accept your dad as God's gift to you and your family. See, not my dad. My dad. I, let me tell you, a lot of young people do not like or respect their fathers. Now, for some, for good reasons, their father left or the father's abusive. I understand all that. But listen to as Solomon speaks to his son Rehoboam in chapter four and verse three. Solomon says, for I was my father's son. I think that's absolutely amazing. Solomon says, my dad, was my dad. My dad was David and that was was God's gift to me. Yes, children are a gift to the parents. Naomi and Stephen have a brand new baby, Daisy there. It's a gift to them. But Naomi and Stephen are God's gift to Daisy. That is God's sovereign choice of who was gonna be the parents of that child. God brought your mom and dad together and therefore put your dad into your family as a gift. Now he can blow it, he can ruin it, he can mess with it. I understand all that. But when you start to accept your dad as a gift from God, not all that he's done, but who he is, you'll start to understand there are that that he is God's will for you. That is your dad. You see, there are no mistakes in God's kingdom. Every person in a home is a gift to each other. So accept the dad that you have. That that, That may be news to you. Some of you may find it easy. But I am my father's son. That's very, very important to conclude. Only the devil wants you to reject the parents that God gave you. Don't give him that power. Thank your dad for being your dad. Maybe you just, I mean, that's a nice thing to write on a card on Father's Day. I'm glad God gave me you. But you need to remind yourself and remind Him you're still thankful that God gave you your dad. Warts and all. That leads to the next point love your dad. Chapter 15 and verse 17, Proverbs 15 and verse 17 says this. <laughs> Better is a dinner of herbs. We'd say salad. Better is a dinner of lettuce and tomatoes where love is than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. Now, I'll come back to the verse in just a second, but i the point is you need to just go ahead and love your dad. Out of nowhere, show him affection. Hug him. Hold him. Believe me, he will usually instantly turn and hug you and hold you and love you back. Now, some dads aren't huggers. I understand that, okay? But deep down, dads thrive on love as much as they do on food and air. And Proverbs 15 says a dinner of of lettuce where everyone around the table is loved is far better than a steak dinner, a pile of steak dinners from a whole ox where there's hatred therewith. God says, don't hold grudges and bitter memories against your dad. If you're holding on to all the past hurts and bitternesses, then I got news for you. You're ruining your future relationship. You're ruining your own home. You're poisoning your home and your heart more than he probably ever has if you hold those grudges. The Bible warns you and says, don't do it. Do you know Jesus Christ? has given every believer the ability to forgive the past hurts and failures of absolutely anybody. It's not easy, and it may take a little while, but you can forgive. And then you can go further. You can love. You see, when you love your father, you start to overlook his flaws and faults and even his sins, and you cover them. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 12. Back to Proverbs 10 and verse 12. Hatred will stir up strife. Uh, some of your homes, some of the homes of the people in the in the, the range of my voice, there is just hatred in that home. And there's strife, there's argument, there's fighting. Hatred, that's the problem. It's not just unforgiveness. It's not just past hurts. There's hatred there. And hatred stirreth up strife. But love covereth, not most, not many, but love covereth all sins. Hmm. Solomon's uh, kind of just just working on us, isn't he? That's 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 what our challenge is—to love our dads. Uh, most dads know their failures. Can I be honest with you? We know we fail. Uh, so, a good word, a kind word, will help them more than cruel words that we're so prone to give out to, especially the people in our homes. Go to Proverbs 12 and verse 25. Proverbs 12 and verse 25. Heaviness in the hearts of man. And let's just put in there the heart of our dad. Heaviness in the heart of man, make it stoop. Just It just kills us. It just weighs down heavy on, uh, on us. Heaviness for whatever reason, but a good word, a kind word, a loving word, maketh it glad. So tell him you love him. Tell your dad, not only today, but often just, it ought to be a common thing. If you're gonna honor your dad, like God says, do it. It means do it all your life. Tell him, I love your dad. It was, uh, I'll give you a brief reminder. When my dad left, I could not tell him I loved him. It was impossible, I was not saved. I was hurt, I saw my mom hurt, saw my family hurt. That divorce was destructive. And uh, he had his own new wife and his own new life, and we're struggling to breathe. So it took years. Then I get saved at 17. I still, I don't remember ever telling my dad I loved him until one day, one message, one preacher preached on the sin of unforgiveness, and he nailed me, and it crushed me, and it broke me. And I never realized how important it was for me to forgive my dad. And I remember writing him a letter. It's five pages long. I I told him I forgive him. I told him, I love you, dad. And I never had a problem telling him that ever since then. Wish I could tell him it again. But he's gone. But I'm glad I got to be able to get right with God so that I could tell him I love him. And I could show him I love him. So tell him that you love him, surprise him with hugs. You know, one hug will probably make a dad go another 1,000 miles, more than a bad attitude will. Third, um, fourth, fifth point, obey his commands. That's how you honor your, your dad. Your dad is responsible for teaching you to obey God. Whether he knows it or not, whether you like it or not, he is your first teacher, your dad Uses commands. You ever notice that? Mom is so nice and she sort of wiggles around and she tries to, you know, finesse and manage and manipulate and push and pull and tell you. That's mom's. But a dad will just come out and say, do this. That's what you need to do. Stop that. Uh, Proverbs 6 and verse 20. Proverbs 6 and verse 20. My son... Keep thy father's, here's the word, commandment. That's an order. And forsake not the law of thy mother. That's why our parents, uh, you know, uh, that's why our parents got us to obey. That's uh, when when we were kids, okay? Uh, when when my dad got me to obey when I was a kid, by no messing, my dad, I don't know if my dad ever repeated a command. Now, my mom, if she ever had to repeat it twice, I was in trouble. But uh, uh, and it wasn't wrong. I mean, my dad was firm and he was loving as well. i wasn't the perfect father. Just follow me for a second. My dad was firm, and it made my home under control instead of out of control, like a lot of homes are today. So take the words of your father very seriously. You say my father's not here. Okay. Uh, I'll fill his role for a minute, and I'll tell you whatever this book says you need to do because your heavenly father says it. And if God gives you the privilege of ever being a father or marrying somebody who becomes a father, you need to realize how valuable it is to have somebody who doesn't just talk nice but uses commands. I like how God says in in Genesis chapter 18, when he speaks of Abraham, he says, I know, Abraham, that he will command his children. He says, I like that. That's why I chose Abraham to be the father of many nations, because he didn't mess around. He was straight up with his children. He told them what he needed them to do and expected them to do it. So, you know, as long as you live in your parents' house, you need to do what they say do, especially what dad says do. So do what he says. Now that brings up that thing, well what if he's not living it doesn't matter. Usually dads will say do as i do not a, do as i say not as i do. Well, do what he says anyway. Because that honors dad, that honors god, and it's your benefit. A rebellious son or daughter is in sorrow is a sorrow and a grief to their parents. And it actually blasphemes god when you don't do what he says. You know, your father, if it, if your dad tells you to do something or stops you to do something that the Bible it, that doesn't have anything to say about. Like if your dad says, I want you home at 10 o'clock. And well, well, that's not fair. Well, it's not wrong according to the Bible. There's no law saying you're, you're allowed to stay out till 11. Whatever your dad says do, you do it as long as it doesn't cross the scripture. That's honoring dad. You see, now we're back. Now we're where the rubber meets the road because we want to honor our dad with a card, or we want to honor dad with a meal, or we want to honor dad with a hug, but we don't want to honor dad with a life. And that's what God asks us to do is to honor him with a life that says, Dad, if it's a command, then I will do it. Um, sixth, choose wisdom. Proverbs 23 and verse 4. Proverbs 23 and verse four. Proverbs 23 and verse four, labor not to be, oh, is what I'm looking for? 23, 24, sorry. 23, 24, the father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice and he that begetteth a wise child shall have joy of him. You know, I don't care if a dad is saved or lost, watching Son or daughter strive to do the right thing, even though it costs them everything, honors that parent's efforts and time. And if they're saved, it honors their prayers and their endeavors as a Christian dad. It brings great joy to their heart. Your dad will be at the greatest joy when you make choices that are wise, when you choose to walk away from bad friends, when you choose to seek their counsel to make a wise decision instead of being a foolish one. When you are wise, it will bless your dad. Um, uh, look at uh, 29 and verse three, Proverbs 29 and verse three. Whoso loveth wisdom, rejoiceth his father. Whoso loves, you listen, when you look to the Bible instead of to your media and your sources and to your friends, when you look to the word of God, and you look to wise counsel, he that would be wise must walk with wise friends. When you hang around with with spiritual people and wise people, that honors your dad. It tells your dad that his investment is working and that you're gonna turn out all right. Uh, Proverbs 19.27, go back a few pages there. 19.27, that means you're gonna have to walk away from some bad influences. 19.27 says this, cease, my son. Do you hear the father talking? Here's Solomon talking to his son. And he says, cease, my son, to hear the instruction that causes to err, to err is to error, to, to do wrong from the words of knowledge. Stop listening to things that are causing you to sin causing you to walk away from God. Your YouTubes that you watch, if I watch them with you, if I could see the list of YouTubes that you watch, will tell you, tell you tell you a lot about how much you value wisdom or how much you value entertainment. The amount of time and effort you put into reading your Bible will tell you a lot about how important wisdom is to you as well. If you only read your Bible on a Sunday or barely at devotions with the family, if that's the only Bible time you got, That'll that'll tell you a lot about how much you love wisdom and that you're choosing the wise path. You'll only get wisdom from this book and from the parents that God gave you and from time in church where they are all teaching you this book. Get wisdom. Get wisdom. Uh, Too many kids are getting tattoos and getting piercings. They're constantly changing their hair colors and their clothing styles. They're struggling with their identity, whether they're male or female, sneaking out to drink and to find new girlfriends and boyfriends at all hours. Where'd that come from? That came from a, 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 going back, back, back. They stopped listening. Even before they ever knew anything about the Bible, they switched off from home and from, from dad and from mom. And they've never allowed anybody to correct them since they were nine years old. What a mess! Choose wisdom over popularity. Choose wisdom over fashion and over even a good job. If if you have to choose to do the wise, right, the wise thing and the right thing, and it you can't, it doesn't allow you to do the the the, the wealthy thing or the, the, the thing that will benefit you financially or popularity wise. If you have to choose that, choose it anyway, because the Bible promises. Look at chapter eight and verse eleven, back in Proverbs eight eleven. For wisdom is better than rubies. Now rubies—that's that's more priceless than gold. Wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things that may be desired are not worthy to be compared to it. Number seven, walk with God yourself. You want to honor your dad? Listen, walk with God. Uh, go to Proverbs 3. Now, we usually quote this, but we don't realize it is a father telling his son to do this. This is Solomon influencing as best as he can his son. And he says to his son, you need to walk with God yourself. Look at Proverbs 3, verse five. We're gonna read verse five down to 10. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not in thine own understanding, Rehoboam. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. That's honor him, obey him, and he shall direct thy path. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord, Rehoboam, and depart from me. It shall be health to thy marrow, to thy navel, and marrow to thy bones. And he goes on, verse nine: Honor the Lord with thy substance. You know, a lot of kids go into Sunday school, and mom and dad will give them some money for for the offering for the missionaries and things like this. You know, a, a child grows up, and the Bible says you need. And this is Solomon saying to his son: You need to honor the Lord with your substance with your income. Let me keep reading. Honor, the Lord, with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Uh, don't rely on your father's faith. Don't lean upon it. Get your own faith. If you want to honor your dad, you definitely want to honor your heavenly father. If you want to stay sane, if you want to grow in any way to maturity as a Christian, Get your own faith. Get into this book, find out what it says, and believe it with all your heart. You need to have your own Bible reading time. You need to have your own prayer list and learn how to talk to God and listen to his voice. I get so tired of when I'm talking to somebody, I'm talking to a teenager, and I say, why don't you pray? Oh, I, don't, I don't know how. What do you mean you don't know how? Oh, I don't know how to pray. Yes, you do. You just don't want to, you just through all, all these years, maybe you've been saved for years or maybe for a little while, but you've never developed your own time with God. You need to do that. Uh, you need to trust in the Lord yourself. It's great when mom and dad are trusting God. It's time for a child, teenager, 20-something, 30-something. You need to trust God with all of your heart. You need even tithe. You need to even tithe. You know, your dad should be tithing, but so should you. That'll bless and honor both your earthly father and your heavenly father. And you'll be blessed by God as well. Did you notice those three blessings in those verses? He shall direct thy paths. He'll guide you. You know, you say, I'm trying to find God's will. Honor your dad and God will show you his will. He says, your trust in God will be your health, your sanity, and your barns will be filled with plenty if you'll just get your own faith, if you'll walk with God. Two more points, praise your dad. Proverbs 27, 21, Proverbs 27, 21. Now probably you got your dad a card uh, today or something. It probably said on it, number one, dad, you're the world's best dad. You're my favorite dad. I don't know what you gave, but whatever. But you know what you're doing? You're praising him, 27, 21. Proverbs twenty-seven twenty-one says this: as the finding pot for silver. Now, a finding pot is a is a high temperature uh, container in which silver chunks are put into and put into the fire, and they melt. And it says, um, let me find my verse here, twenty-one. Uh, as the finding pot is for silver, and the furnace. Is for gold, and it's just saying you put gold and silver. You don't just hold on to a piece of silver. You've got to refine it. You just don't get a chunk of gold. You've got to melt it down in a furnace. It says, as that heat is good for silver and gold, so is a man to his praise. It does something when somebody is just admired, when somebody is praised. Praise will help your home more than put all the pushing and nagging that you normally do to one another. The manipulating that goes on in modern homes is an abomination. Do things right, and you'll, you'll change the whole atmosphere of your home. Compliments do, do good more than criticism. You know how it works the way with you, that way with you, why don't you try it on your dad? Now, there are times for correction. There are times when someone needs to critically show you you're doing wrong, but to live that way? No. There comes time where you need to say, I need to just admire my dad for a little bit, appreciate him. Find ways to say thank you for his efforts just for being your dad. Most men are only appreciated in a love for what they do. And if they lose their job, you know what they feel like dying. Because what 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 how are they going to ever be appreciated if they can't bring home money, if they can't provide for their family? Their their whole identity is 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 built upon their work in and what they do. Our names define that. My name is Ledbetter, which comes long way back there, 1300s, 1400s, leadbeater a leadsmith. Lead and that's who my forefathers were. And that, that identified who we were. That was our identity. But my identity, the better identity I have is dad. Actually, granddad, but we won't go there. <laughs> and I need, and every dad needs to be loved just for being dad. Uh, If your dad is still alive, honor him by saying something good about him. Find something that makes you proud to be his son or daughter and say it to him. Give him credit for his efforts to keep food on the table, making your house a home, showing you how to drive. I mean, if your dad ever did anything, which most dads do something, thank him for it. You know what that does? It makes him want to do more. It just does leave him alone and he withers and dies lastly pray for your dad these are all out of the book of proverbs but proverbs 11:30 proverbs 11:30 the fruit of the righteous are you there proverbs 11:30 says the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life and he that winneth souls is wise. I want you to understand your dad has a soul. Don't you forget your dad needs to walk with God. Your dad needs to know God. If you are saved, if you, young person or old, I don't care if you're 50 years old, if your dad's still alive and he's not saved, you need to win his soul. You need to pray for his soul. You need to care about his soul. Don't just worry about his emotions. Don't just worry about his retirement or his his health. Worry about his soul. Pray for your dad. Defend him against spiritual attack. Believe me, as much as you're under spiritual attack, so also is he. We all live in a spiritual war. Satan is a destroyer of homes. And your dad is probably standing alone against darkness and spiritual attacks. And some dads don't even know it. Let me remind you, you and I both know we have imperfect fathers. He's probably a mess if if he's a normal father. He probably growls and grumbles and complains a lot. He probably has a past too embarrassing to admit. He probably does very little right. But I bet he probably wishes he could start over all the time. He probably has failed you. And he's probably failed God a lot more than you know. So fight for your dad on your knees. Never fight against him. Fight with him in prayer. Pray with your dad. You know, when it's time to pray, and he calls, let's all pray, Hold his hand firmly, tightly, and pray with him. Your your future depends upon it. Your sanity depends upon it. Your dad needs you to pray for him. Pray that he knows God, he walks with God, he loves God, and he lives for God. Pray that Satan stays miles away from your dad and, and that your dad grows stronger and that he's more faithful and that he just walks right, because you need him and it doesn't happen naturally. is not a complete or exhaustive list at all. It's just a glimpse of helps from the book of Proverbs. Uh, these are things that we ought to be doing every day for our fathers. And there are many of us who wish us our dads were still here, but don't wait until then before you have regrets, do it now. I imagine you can find a lot more ways to honor your dad in the scriptures, just, just there are plenty right there for you to focus on and you to do. And you'll start to experience so many blessings, so, many, so much stability that is promised to people who actually honor their parents and especially their father. By the way, to be honest, your father is probably not worthy of honor. You may not even be there. You may not be able to never be able to contact him. I don't know if he's dead or alive. But if he's alive, God says he is worthy of honor. God sees all your father's faults, all of his sins, and says, honor him anyway. That doesn't mean praise him for sin in his life or get excited about his failings, but it does mean respect him as your father. Pray for him like you will want your children to pray for you and love you when you're a father. By the way, dads, this is not just for your children, but but these scriptures are for you to honor your father as well. Make sure you're honoring your heavenly father. You're to be an example to your children. Your children need to see you honor your parents. You say, well, my dad, don't don't, don't give your kids any excuse not to honor you. Honor your dad. Go see him. Hug him. Love him. I don't mean you approve of how he's living or his drinking or his uh divorce. Or that, you know, that's Jesus sat and ate with harlots and publicans, not because he wanted to drink and to carouse. He was there because he loved them back. And he respect them and their soul enough to give his time. And he humbled himself to be with them, to show them he loved them. You need to do that to your unworthy dad. It's the foundation for a stable and a blessed home. And if you'd like to be a child in God's kingdom, yourself and have God is your heavenly father, you need to be born again. The Bible says in Matthew 18, three, it says, except you be convert, converted, become as little children. Got to start all over. You shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. You got to be born again, dear friend. If you'd like to be born again, you need to humble yourself and admit you're a sinner. Now every, every one of us, we already know we're sinners, but do we admit it to God? Do we admit that we're unworthy of heaven? and then ask Jesus to forgive you all your mess ups and your failures and your sins. Now I did that 42 years ago, just a couple of days, it was my spiritual birthday and I never got over it. You know, Jesus forgave me, gave me a whole new life. I'm still thankful he forgave me. Have you done it? Was there a time where you got born again? Once you decide this moment, you're gonna follow Jesus. Dad, son, daughter. Mom, have you decided to follow Jesus? You can do it right now. Father, let's pray. Father, I pray that you would bless these thoughts. It's Father's Day. But we've learned that we we have a lot to do. If we're going to save our homes, we're going to have to start doing things right. And one of the things that's foundational is to do Exodus 20, the commandment to love and honor and respect our fathers. That's not easy. Most dads are kind of hard to love. That's okay. You gave us the grace. You loved us when we were unlovable. Help us to love our fathers. And through that, Lord, teach us, Lord, how to love one another like you love us. And I pray if somebody's not saved, God, please, especially a dad who's got, maybe their kids got saved, maybe their wife is born again, but dad's still stuck. Do you realize, dad, God, would you please speak to their hearts and help them to realize that they are being given honor they do not deserve. They are being given attention they are not worthy of. All because of Jesus. All because God knows what's most important. May a dad, in my in the hearing of my voice, Finally say, you know, God is always trying to do things for me, always whew, trying to win me, worried about my soul. My kids are worried about my soul. Why not I get saved today? I pray some dad finally makes that decision and determines they're going to live for Jesus from the day on forward. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. It's good to be with you. I pray, pray that we're all together next Sunday. God bless you.